Welcome to the Life Pro Podcast, where today I have Aaron Manning, who is a lifelong promoter of lifelong wellness. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Great. Likewise, I'm, I'm really interested in the topic that we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, why don't you start out by telling yourself, uh, telling everybody about yourself? Sure. Well, my interest in this subject began uh, in childhood. Um, my father instilled a lot of interest when I was younger and taught me everything I know about nutrition. And that passion uh, that was cultivated when I was young grew um, over the years. And I chose to study clinical nutrition in school, get my degree. I was a personal trainer for a long time. I worked for a holistic doctor. Most recently, I was a nutrition consultant and an x-ray technician. Great. Wellness field. Fantastic. Um, so one thing that's kind of a hot topic for a lot of people in my age range, everybody's talking about a diet. What diet are you on? Are you, you know, I hear keto. I hear, you know, a big one is intermittent fasting. Um, but what is actually the word diet? What does that mean to you? I'm very glad you asked this question. I believe diet is anything you intake. So this goes far beyond macronutrients, um, calories. It's what you consume every day. Um, so that's not just your food. That's your thoughts and your attitudes towards the food you consume, your thoughts and your attitudes towards yourself, the world around you, um, the media you take in. That is all part of your diet. And how much, how much um, of your diet, like, I mean, what you eat affect how you feel? Mm -hmm. All of it? It makes up a very, very large percentage. I won't give it the full 100% because there are, of course, other factors I have to acknowledge. Right. But diet's a great place to start if you want to yeah. improve how you feel. Yeah. And when we, I mean, when we, when we talk about healthy living, um, I, I would imagine that's a balance between diet and exercise. Um, how much of that is, is diet and how much of it is exercise? They're both so important that I can't even right. separate. I, I know it's a cop-out answer, but I have to say a hundred percent and a hundred percent. Right. There's a school of thought that you can't out-exercise a bad diet. And I mm -hmm. believe that to be true, but you can't disregard exercise its importance in longevity. So there's no divvying it up like 80, 20, 60, 40. It's hundred percent, hundred percent. And how much exercise is enough? It varies. Like diets, everything's highly, highly individualized. Right. Um, but you would know. I mean, you want to exercise to the point that you're energized and you're not lethargic. Um, but there is something, there is such a thing as too much exercise, like anything in life. And yeah. I myself actually experienced that years ago when I was doing bodybuilding. It's a very real phenomenon. So you can overdo it. Right. And going back to these fad diets, 
are you are you a believer of of fad diets i guess under the proper circumstance absolutely there's a time and a place for keto for if um for elimination diets but the thing about those they're typically not for the long term and i think that they're wonderful tools to course correct especially if you're receiving competent guidance uh, sometimes medical supervision is necessary like if you're doing an extreme caloric uh, deficit that being said they're not typically for the long term so i don't believe that that should be the average person's focus there's exceptions absolutely but if you want long-term health, I would stay away from the fad diets, unless there's some real benefit for you individually. Yeah. And so what I've noticed a lot of times is people that get on these fad diets, uh, let's say keto, they lose a lot of weight and then they stop the diet and then they go right back to what they were before, much quicker than they took them to lose the weight. Um, why does that happen? And how, did, how do you prevent that? I'm so sorry. You I used to see that all the time. Um, you know, maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's six weeks, you have that rapid weight loss, which isn't sustainable, but it's great. You're motivated, you want to keep going, but you hit this wall or, you know, plateau and your body can't continue at that rate anymore. Mm -hmm. um, what was the second part of your question? Sorry, we they, uh, you know, people, a lot of times they go right back, they gain the weight faster than they, than it took them to lose the weight. And so, how do we, how do you prevent that? Like, you know, obviously the fad diets can help you maybe get to a number that you're comfortable with, but how do you, how do you stay there without being, without staying on the diet? You can't bounce from one extreme to the other. So if you engage in this extreme, mm -hmm. for the sake of this conversation, diet, and then you just go right back to your normal habits, there needs to be some sort of integration and something that you can maintain um, almost like a weaning off so that part is crucial you can't just expect to maintain it once you go back to your old habits right so your advice would be maybe slowly come off the diet or but still yes. maintain the healthy lifestyle which I mean, going back to like what we were touching on before, right? Uh, and it's been a, a common theme within uh, my other podcast is, you know, listening to our bodies and our bodies will tell us if we're doing the right thing or not. And, you know, I when I eat certain foods, you know, if I'm conscious of how it makes me feel, I, may, I might not eat it. Uh, for instance, you know, I don't do well with dairy and I don't do well with gluten. Uh, my nutritionist has told me I should stay away from them. But without even my nutritionist telling me that if, if I just listen to my body, you know, if I, when I, when I eat dairy and I, when I eat gluten, I don't feel well, I, I get bloated and I just don't feel as good. I get tired. Um, I think that would be kind of a word of advice that I would have for people is like, you know, listen to your body. Um, but how, how would you suggest, you know, going through like the planning stages of, understanding like you know planning how what to eat and how to eat because sometimes it is difficult we're very busy we're out and about and Absolutely. you know and I'll, I'll eat something out of convenience 
because I'm busy and I won't think about that, how it will make me feel. So what advice do you have for people that go through similar situations uh, as I do? Absolutely. Um, I do acknowledge that it's hard with many people. The modern lifestyle makes it difficult to do this, but it's so crucial to bring mindfulness and awareness um, everywhere we can, especially when it comes to consumption of foods. Uh, even just something simple as checking in where our bodies have been so warped, for lack of a better word, um, where we miss these internal cues like satiety, hunger. Um, we don't really give ourselves the opportunity for our body to tell us when we are full. Um, sometimes we confuse dehydration for hunger, like we mix up signals all the time. So even with you know the busy modern lifestyle just taking the moment to check in you know when you first wake up in the morning you're dehydrated you should be drinking water and ideally high quality water but that's a that's a whole nother thing um you know not going for coffee right away or something to throw off your adrenals you need that like 90 minutes to settle in and let your hormones naturally um, stabilize and people don't even chew their foods fully. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's little small things you can do. Um, maybe not drinking water or other liquids while you're eating. I know that's hard and counterintuitive, but it dilutes your digestive enzymes. Uh, not eating right before bed. You know, these are small, manageable changes that you can make and integrate. Yeah. Do, do you do you plan your meals? I've done it and I've done it for clients. Um, personally, no. I operate more on an intuitive basis. I think that you know planning ahead can be extremely helpful. Some people benefit from the Sunday meal prep. Um, something like making a lentil soup on a Sunday and keeping it in your freezer can uh, take away a lot of the stress of prepping food during the week. Um, lentil soup was just a very specific example. There's many different things you could right. meal prep. Yeah. What, and what's the importance of a balanced diet? Um, it's very, very important. Balance in the sense of diversity uh, or micronutrients. Well, yeah. And having like greens and, and carbs, like complex carbs and protein, like not yes. to be like heavy in one aspect of, of, of your diet. Your body always wants to be in balance. Your body wants in balance, excuse me, not, not in balance. Um, it's always striving to achieve that. And each macronutrient, micronutrient serves a different purpose within the body. It carries codes and instructs your body how to function. So you need all of that. You need all of your essentials. Yeah. Um, depriving yourself of macronutrients, it, you're depriving your body of fuel that it needs to function properly. You can't survive off of one food group. Yeah. Um, so would you would you recommend like somebody on keto? Would you recommend maybe a modified keto when they get where they get a at least a little bit of carbs? Totally depends on the person and what they're trying to achieve and how long they're doing it for. Um, keto typically is one of those short-term things, and I prefer it 
supervised, but you know, some people have are, are fine managing it on their own. Um, yes, I mean, keto, I think is one of those things that also is maybe for people who are morbidly obese have seen some wonderful benefits from keto and help right. reset their hypothalamus, getting back. Um, the average person doesn't necessarily need to go that extreme. So a modified keto, I think would be better for a lot of people. For most people. Yeah. So the, the topic of our, of our podcast today is, is health is a marathon and not a sprint. And I think, you know, you've alluded to that uh, many times is, you know, these fad diets are maybe under circuit proper circumstances necessary medically or are okay short term, but really like to create a healthy lifestyle, it takes a lot of work and it takes time to build that routine and build a habit. Um, that being said, um, do you feel that people are a little bit tend to be a little bit hard on themselves when it comes to their healthy lifestyle and that might cause, you know, adverse effect by being too yes. you know, hard on yourself. And, and can you get into like maybe some uh, examples of maybe past clients or people you've worked with uh, where you've helped them kind of turn that around? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. The negative self-talk and the berating is detrimental. I mean, we, we are too hard on ourselves in a lot of ways. Um, I see it, you know, women especially, but I see it in men as well. And it sometimes it can be traced back to a comment from a parent, teacher, coach, friend, something that planted the seed of insecurity and this feeling of inadequacy that we see play out well into our adult years and often in the form of diet. Um, oftentimes I've seen clients when they're, uh, their lives are, they feel that it's out of their control. They look to something they can control like their diet. And sometimes that manifests in the form of like very restrictive eating, um, eating way, way, way below a, a, an acceptable caloric deficit. Um, so it's important to listen to how you speak to yourself and you know, do you view food and exercise as punishment, as simple yeah. like calories in, calories out? You want to look at your food as what it is. It's nourishment. It's life force. It's yeah. what allows you to do what you enjoy doing. Um, and you want to have a good relationship with that. Uh, I notice clients in time of high stress, they tend to store fat in a very dangerous cavity in their visceral, uh, around their vital organs, so behind the abdominal wall. And that particular fat is metabolically active. It secretes these hormones that tells your body to store fat elsewhere. So if you're not treating the underlying root stress, whether it be negative self-talk, past trauma, acute stress now in your day-to-day, -day, um, it's going to be a lot more difficult to treat yeah to lose weight all over why well, i mean what why does that even happen why, why do we eat bad when we feel bad 
That is a very good question. Um, and, and I'm sure there are many, a psychologist could probably explain this far better right. than I can. Yeah, yeah. But it's, we're looking for comfort. We're filling a void, you know? Yeah. It's maybe we have some positive association with that food from childhood, maybe, you know? Yeah. Well, and then from a chemical level, typically that food is highly addictive. So we know it'll give us that rush of dopamine. We'll feel good for a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, so that's why we go for the, uh, you know, high glycemic foods, really sugary, really fatty. Yeah. Those are literally addictive. And, and that's a common theme for, you know, a lot of people that I know, we tend to, when we're busy at work, maybe we don't eat bad, but when we're home, maybe not feeling great at night, we, we tend to eat bad and, and that, that has repercussions do you have any advice for people on how to, I mean, obviously being present and understanding what they're doing to themselves, but is there any other advice you can give to people like, like, Tricks like me? Like, yeah, I, I do it. I'm a victim of it. So I'd like to hear what you hey, have to I, say. <laughs> I've done it. Now there's something about, you definitely want to avoid eating before bed. Now there yeah. are some things that are maybe easier on your stomach you don't want to eat too close to bedtime, but if you're really in a pinch and you think you're craving food, if, as long as you're not allergic and there's no, yeah. um, if you go for a scoop of organic peanut butter, organic almond butter scoops, you teaspoon, tablespoon, yeah. that might do the trick. You also might just be thirsty. Yeah. So drink some water, give it a chance. Um, and ask yourself, did you eat enough during the day? Because if you're hungry at night, I mean, you're running around, maybe you don't notice, you don't pick up on the cues. And yeah. then when things quiet down at night, you can actually feel it. Maybe you, are, yeah. maybe you do need the food, but see if you can make a, a more beneficial selection. Right. Otherwise, don't go for the highly processed packaged foods. So don't keep them in the house. Right. Exactly. Don't keep the good, keep the good stuff in the house. Don't buy the bad stuff, you know, and, that's, and don't label things as good or bad if you can't, because food isn't inherently bad. I think it was, I don't know if he coined it, but Dr. Mark Hyman has this phrase that I love. It's, um, what is it? Food, food like substance. I think I might not right. be getting that exactly right, but you want to avoid the food-like substances. No food is bad. Real food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be good for you right now, but it's not inherently good or yeah. bad. But a food-like substance, like something that's highly, highly processed, yeah. I think we can say objectively is bad and should be avoided. Well, I mean, what what's always worked for me is, you know, planning my meals, whether it's even like, you know, doing it first thing in the morning and just kind of planning what I will eat. Mm -hmm. um, that's always worked. And also like, you know, before I eat something under like thinking about how it's going to make me feel if I eat this food, you know, if I have fried yeah. chicken, I know I'm going to feel bad. Like I've done it a hundred times. I know it's going to make me feel bad. It tastes good, but I pay the price. Right. So, you know, planning has always like really helped me. Um, but all of this, it takes like building a habit, you know, and, and I've heard it takes 21 days to build a habit, only three days to break it. Um, 
how to, I mean, obviously something usually triggers this in somebody's lifestyle. Like usually somebody has a major event, whether it's a health scare or, uh, or just, a, you know, you, you get to a point where you're just sick of it. I don't want to feel like this low energy anymore. I want to feel better. I want to feel healthier. Is, is, I mean, is it, is that what it takes? Like, uh, uh, a scare or some sort of like to a point where you're like you're fed up or is there a way to consciously like like educate yourself and build that habit and actually stick with that habit i believe so yes um and hopefully it doesn't come to the point of a major health scare that's what we right, want right. to avoid that's what true wellness and health right. is yeah um I think when it comes to sticking to habits, it's so important to remember the why, the true why. You know, right. it, it might take a couple levels to get there. It's why am I doing this? Um, no, to, to lose weight. Okay. Why do you want to lose weight? Well, I want to feel better. Okay. Why? So I can yeah. climb mountains well into my 70s and 80s. You know, like yeah. you look at that long-term quality of life. Maybe you want to be around, maybe you just want to like be able to play with your grandkids. Right. You know, it's what truly is the underlying motivator is I think the best way to stay on track Yeah. because the superficial stuff won't, you know, for a couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah. And, and I, and I feel it, you know, the older I get, the more, you know, less patience, less, you know, discipline, um, but really, if I take the time and reflect, just as you said, is like, if I start thinking about my future and being healthy for my kids and, you know, and just being around and, you know, I'm, we all have that opportunity to kind of make a change. And really, if we just, if we're present in the moment and understand that, like every meal that we have, every action that we take has repercussions, even if it's a fried chicken for a meal like you know it's okay to 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 do that once in a while but absolutely when it gets to a point where it's you know excessive or becomes kind of like the way of life then it there's there's going to be reper there's repercussions for all of our actions yes nothing is neutral you could look at right. food you could look at every choice in your life as binary it either serves you or it doesn't it either prevents disease yeah. or it causes it right a little extreme but for some people that mindset right resonates with them yeah and if we you know sometimes just take a step back and look at ourselves from the outside in you know and we kind of understand like hey i can actually you know by eating healthier drinking more water exercising getting enough sleep all those things compound together work together for overall lifelong wellness Obviously, you know, diet uh, and exercise and proper sleeping, lots of water, all that compounds oh gosh, yeah. to over overall, you know, our lifelong wellness. And, you know, just like we talked about health is a marathon, a marathon takes a lot of training, a lot of time, a lot of effort to, to actually, you know, to get it right. And uh, your, your wellness is no different. It takes work and training and discipline. Um, and obviously, you have to you have to want it bad enough and understand the reason for um, being disciplined and doing all the things it takes. Um, and I think, you know, it, doing all those things will reward you in a better 
better levels of energy, better relationships with the people around you, um, and you know, more success in business and in every aspect of life. So, you know, I know it's I know it's difficult, but it's difficult because it's worth it. Uh, and so, we're here to educate people on all the things that they can do to improve their life. That's what Life Pro is about. Um, and the question, the three questions I ask every guest is, uh, what is one thing that you would like to teach the world? What would that be if you could teach the world one thing? Well, today, and as of late, my big theme has been integration. So it's something I am still very much actively learning. So I don't know if I would be the one teaching it to the world, but I hope that the world can move towards a place of integration. And this might be a little, a little bit out there, but it's so important to remember that we're just cosmic consciousness experiencing and expressing through the physical. Uh, you know, we are not defined by our biology. Um, and I think it's important to embrace our mortality and use it as a catalyst for adventure and also uh, inspiration for striving for health. I love that. That's fantastic. That's, that's remarkable. Um, and then my next question for you is, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer of, of reading and educating ourselves through, you know, books. And uh, I myself try to get through as many books as I can. That's that's a goal of mine. Uh, what is one book that had the greatest impact on your life? Or most that's rec most recently, because there's there's many books, but right. a recent read of mine that had a profound impact was Anatomy of the Spirit. Um, she did a beautiful job putting into words a uh, concept I've been playing around with for the past couple of years. And it really gives you insight into the true root cause of disease. Um, so I think it's a, it's a very, very good read. Yeah, I would recommend it. That's fantastic. And then my last question is, how can somebody follow you? Well, I guess Instagram is the tried and true. Um, <laughs> it's more of a personal page, but if anyone has any questions um I, I love engaging in these type of conversations so my instagram is at aaron a manning great aaron i had so much fun talking to you today i hope that you found it valuable as well and i hope everybody listening finds it valuable i ask that everybody uh like follow and share and help us spread the good word thanks aaron for your time thank you so much